Okay. Welcome to the bird and the bee. I am the bird, a.k.a. Calibri. And I'm the bee, short for Brian. This is our inaugural episode of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Salud. We will be covering all kinds of various topics about our life. I guess we should explain the name. The bird, you know, bird is because your name's Calibri, which is a uh, Spanish hummingbird in several languages. Yeah, French, so hummingbird. German, Spanish. Yeah, that's my logo. nickname, the hummingbird. <laughs> uh, we want to cover everything from life and death. We picked the bird and the bee because they're pollinators. They they um, love to fornicate and <laughs> reproduce just you know it's all about life everything yes. in between and after and we're homesteaders so of course we have a natural living lifestyle as close to nature as possible and we will be delving into all of that as well i'm excited uh do you want to tell them about your new ventures you're venturing into that you're starting to i'll go after you oh well, how about you begin? I don't have my words yet. The, I'm okay. still uh, warming well, I'm up here. Starting my, <laughs> I've been starting my stand-up comedy uh, journey. I've been. I think I started last April. It's what January. It's almost coming up on a year. Done a couple handful of shows, a bunch of open mics, a bunch of bombs, a bunch of laughs. I wouldn't say a bunch of bombs. I think overall I do well. I have a, the occasional, like when honestly when I'm just trying a new joke is when it you know things don't go that well. But it's all part of the process. And as same with I'm taking the same approach as we do this podcast that you know we're gonna have some ups and downs. Learning definitely learning curves is the big thing because this is obviously our first podcast. But I think we have a high potential for success. Oh, I love the affirmation in that. You're a great speaker. I'm working on mine. We're coming out of our incubation, if you will. From this has been a long time coming. We've had this in the works for a while. So yes, ge- my gestation. We're not just winging it. Your incubation, my gestation. It's been a long journey. It's been a long time coming, like you said. I hope uh, you all bear with us as we <laughs> grow and expand and figure out th- figure out what we're doing. <laughs> Yes, yes, as we find our groove, so to speak, in in our purpose-filled uh, journey here. So yeah, I, and I'm trying to think like what we're gonna, what the audience can get from us. Like we're always gonna try and be honest and vulnerable and just very. Yeah, speaking of vulnerability. Uh, this was very vulnerable with the video production. It adds another layer to just paying attention to our voices and speech. And and so I did have a little moment before um, just feeling a little bit more pressure and needing to release that and a little bit more. Um, I just want this to be a gorgeous but also natural production for all of you to enjoy. But like you said, we're going to be evolving with every episode, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here, and hopefully we can um, shed some insight on things and 
and bring some esoteric knowledge and some intuitive uh, vision, so to speak, and practice. Yeah, so let's let's try to see what tell, <laughs> give them an idea what we're gonna things we'll be covering. Yeah, like <clears throat> you know aspects of our life updates, uh, just things we find interesting that we feel like other people should know. Um, nutrition, health. Yes, we're, we're well, soon oh. to be the number one health podcast. Uh, <laughs> we well, it was, so we were. Um, you spoke to what you're into right now, and you had asked me initially. Oh, yeah. So For new uh, ventures. Speaking of nutrition, I my background is in uh, wellness and into I'm an intuitive wellness guide, so to speak, uh, self-proclaimed. I am also a nutritionist and herbalist, and I am <laughs> I, I have so many uh, things in the going at once, but. Getting back into my roots after taking a much-needed hiatus to focus on some life shifts that we've encountered in the last year and a half and just finally bringing myself up, uh, rebirthing, breaking ground and starting to, to uh, expand again into the world. Uh, right now, I'm working on writing, uh, becoming an author, and also following my path into death doulaship and becoming a, a birthing doula as well. So like you said, life and death and everything in between. Um, I also have some side projects that I will be revealing as we go, Ooh, possibly. Stay tuned. Yes. But as far as that goes, just getting uh, closer to becoming a self-sufficient homestead is incredibly important to me. And um, then everything that that entails. <laughs> wow, we have a lot going on, my love. A lot of... Ever-evolving. <laughs> just good. We're not, uh, not one-trick ponies. Yeah, I like to... I like to play on this on this plane um, in a holistic nature and being holistic every wanting wanting to learn and do and create everything possible. Yeah, I'm trying to think like just the word holistic, how that applies to the sides that we're going to be like, you know, open. like I'm trying to think what would be like off limits of stuff we wouldn't talk about, about at least our own immediate lives. But like, I'm I don't know, I'm pretty open yeah. about stuff, but because and like I was telling you, like I feel like right. the more open and honest we are, that's what the you know the audience people relate to that because like the podcast I listen to, like when they're, you know, it just makes you trust them more. You like you like oh yeah, I really like them, and then it, you be, us being vulnerable allows people to yes you know just trust us and and you know be vulnerable within themselves and yes, I th I feel vulnerable to uh, vulnerability and in sharing in that and. You know, just our, our humanness together, having a conversation, getting feedback from you all. And uh, as we go, of course, I will feel more comfortable in sharing. I'm, I'm more, I'm quite open with people I feel comfortable with. This is a new, a definitely new journey for me. I retired from the public 
<laughs> a while back. So I've What'd been you retire from? I've been a pretty private person since. So this is this is uh, coming into like a more public uh, presence is is going to be a learning. It's a learning curve for me, but. Um, I think you're you undersell yourself. Very <laughs> like Izzy was talking about yesterday, just how uh-huh. just unsure of stuff. I'm like, I don't just I'm don't worry unsure. about all that noise and doubt. And I'm not unsure. I'm just unpracticed. But this is uh, this is exciting. This is fun. I'm excited for the practice for the evolving practice. That's good because I don't know. You're such a great. Sp- Honestly, I feel like I can see a lot going forward. You being more. Because, I don't know, you're a great speaker. You talk for a while. You know how to – ooh, that was loud. You that can was vary. loud? Okay, people good hate to know. That. People hate that. But <laughs> we need to we'll swallow. try to edit that out. We need to swallow or like a cough button whenever we – oh, we just got to – I don't know, push it away. But, okay. I don't know, you're a great speaker, but I think you're, you, you're just a ner- – I don't know. You're just selling yourself short. But, but I, obviously, as we do it more, you'll be more practiced, both of us, but more practiced and fluent and – Yes. I just, uh, it's kind of interesting. You're the one that is, has been more, <laughs> we've kind of shifted and, and um, gosh, I'm, my words are, I'm not warmed up yet, but um, you're more in the public. You're actually public speaking every week now, whereas it used to be me, but now it's you. So we've, we've kind of uh, shifted uh what I'm looking for here. We've just places traded traded places. Well, it's been. I'm glad. I'm honestly glad doing that. The comedy, just because. You know, I just the first time going up, like how nervous I was and just like sweating. I'm like, I always have to do those micro pees before I before I do any public speaking. I'm like, <laughs> I just I'll did pee as like, well. <laughs> I'll pee like ten times, just barely squirting out. I'm like, I'm like, oh god, again. And then, but but once I get on there, that's when I'm like, ah, oh, this is like I'm more comfortable but it's just the waiting that i that i hate the most like my body my, my body is just like feeling it but i guess but i don't know once because once i start stepping up the stairs i'm like okay like i know my material i know i know i know most of the stuff works if i've done it before but i can relate so closely to that being a retired stage performer myself and and having <laughs> the little rituals that develop as you go on, the longer that you perform, and just knowing yourself, yes, I'm going to have to pee five to six times before I go up on yeah, stage. Yeah, us- usually I, I'll like wash my pits a little bit, just because I'm like getting like some <laughs> nervous stank going, and then yeah, I'll pee, and then I'm like, I'll do like some uh, squats or something just to like get some energy out. But well, you were not joking about getting personal. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, what's to hide? Um. Yes, I am all about lifting that veil, but I do feel there are things that belong to me and that I would like just to belong to me and to us that aren't, you know, that don't belong to the public just to keep some things for ourselves. I feel like that's important. The bodily functions, obviously, are putting out there. (laughs) Can you say those things now so I know going ahead? (laughs) Well, we'll speak about them. We'll start it on the first episode. (laughs) We can bleep it out, maybe, or we'll just cut. But yeah, I guess Mm. one thing we wanted to say was the, as of right now, the rough general format we have is, um, 
what we had like a what was it like intro oh we said weekly recap kind of of our lives just maybe stuff we want to bring and maybe that transition into yes things that we learned uh, because we what we generally don't have like a rough topic we want to talk about right and then you know bring stuff in i like the idea tangents from that and as we Mm -hmm. you know jump you know we do a lot of tangent tangentially speaking it's a good podcast oh my goodness Hey, I, I read one of those tips. It <laughs> Plug said, for Chris. There. I read one of those tips. That, remember that tip video? It said, you know, mention other podcast names. And I guess the algorithm should pick that up, but I don't know. Right. It, so we should mention whose podcast that is in case anyone isn't familiar. But then I'm like, I don't want to plug other people. But <laughs> I do well, want to plug other support. people, yeah, especially people a, that we're interested in that, and that have influenced us. Yeah. That was another a, thing with the recap of the week that, you know, we listen to quite a few podcasts and also just just a ton of of research and development during the week so i want to bring the people we've discovered into our conversations or the um the topics of interest that people are probably have you know delved into deeper happen to be part of their their practice including uh nothing is coming specifically to mind right now but yeah we don't want to i'm definitely don't want to have a a scarcity mindset versus abundance like oh there's yeah. only x amount of listeners so we have to hoard them but i'm like yeah if you, something something we like we'll tell you about it we'll say just our like what works for me i don't know it might not work for you but this is what it, i'm just you know just present present our case but yes so holistically it would be anything from everything that has to do with homesteading natural living chemical free living a chemical free home uh you know meditation practice like we were saying esoteric knowledge and wisdom and and everyone that we feel inspired by uh, included in that and hopefully in the future we could get some interviews on uh going with these people that we feel uh resonate with and feel that you would also resonate with and uh we are not fully formed, of course, we're in a but cr- we're flowing. And metamorphous we're, stage. Mm, we're emerging and hopefully be, be blossoming um, beautifully soon so that we can give you all some some good content, some solid content. We may be a, a worm now, but we will soon be a beautiful beetle. <laughs> Is that what it was? Worm then beetle, right? When we had what were the mealworms yes, that we were gro- so gorgeous. <laughs> uh, so I was growing chickens. mealworms, actually, when we first started in the homestead, and we were still renovating. Bedroom. We had them in the bedroom because that was the warmest room in the house, uh, because we all slept in there. Um, but watching the stages of the mealworms was fascinating, yeah, and then at, the cute little shiny beetles at they the turned into. I didn't know. I mean, obviously, everyone knows about caterpillar to butterfly, but I didn't know worms turned into beetles. Worms obviously, I think it depends. Beetles. Do all beetles start out as worms? I don't know that it's all, but it is. It is Definitely most some. or many. I don't want to speak to anything I don't know legit- legitimately, but I will say, just witnessing, being in witness to more nature uh, closely while you know homesteading, especially with chickens, and especially with breaking ground and. And learning how to manage soil, we've seen a lot of different types of insects. I love insects, by the way. I really um, wanted to be an entomologist for a while when I was a child. 
Ooh. Off the top of your head. I really, off the top of my head, I mean, we're speaking about Beatles, and I really appreciate them. They're so necessary. Uh, I would say, off the top of my head, what is my favorite bug? Since I was little, I loved pill bugs or roly-polies. You know, they're so docile and sweet, and they clean our soils from heavy metals, which is even more important today than it's ever been. And it's wild because of all the the metals that are in the soils now, uh, I've noticed this abundance, this massive uh, influx of roly-polies. When I pick something up in the garden and, you know, they're like a piece of wood that I put down to, to trap the squash bugs, I notice that there's so many now, and they're getting really much larger too well ever since we started putting wood chips down which there's a great service called uh chip drop which yes. they'll come in <laughs> they'll literally dump a huge thing. truck more than you more than you imagine is going to come a truckload of wood chips and a couple logs and stuff in there but for, it's from like tree trimming services and yes. they and you can it's request cheaper for them to to dump it for people than it is to like take dispose of it somewhere else but and so yeah we had a bunch yeah, it, I t it took me months to like to shovel the pile to like where we needed it. <laughs> it's but such a good workout for all of us. God. Our friends would also come over so and get in on it. So it's actually a community job. I absolutely adore workout, it. Baby. He has not been wanting to get another chip drop, but we need it. We need it for the food forest, for the trees. It really helps with ground cover and keeping them warm in the winter. And then it creates a topsoil that's so rich because when we first moved here, we didn't even have topsoil. It was just where uh, the prior residents <coughs> excuse me, had tied off their horses. So the trailer that was on the land was actually completely dilapidated, should have been torn down. I mean, it was condemnable, but we made it livable, which was amazing. But when we first moved here, there was nothing but hay and clay. You, when it would rain, it would literally, because we're on a slight <laughs> slope, it would literally just be like a, a river through just there. Just a torrent like a, of yeah, water. Like it can, was torrential. And you can tell the wood, it literally stopped, like, you know, it helps keep the water this it, it really keeps the soil because like without it, it keeps it, it, it moist washes away right it keeps it moist because we live in the blackland prairie where what they call the soil is called gumbo so it's it's very black it's very nutrient dense it's very rich so it's amazing for fruit trees and all of the things that we're growing about but but what happens is uh, texas is like high desert and it's becoming more like high desert now where we live in texas and so oh. what happens is that whenever it's wet, it turns into jello. And then when it gets, when it dries out, it starts cracking. So the cracking's really terrible for the fruit trees. So we have to keep a layer of protection. And now the grass, the grass started growing back a couple years ago. So that's been wonderful. So that's actually good for the water retention. But wood chips are always uh, incredibly good for water retention as well as for... I mean, people, they go and they buy bags and bags of mulch, which creates a lot of plastic trash. So it's it's really much more beneficial to get fresh uh, wood chips, fresh mulch from yeah, chip shop. Yeah, and it's local. You and remember that when someone was talking about it? Everything about it is so wonderful. Someone was talking about our soil, and they said, because like when it rains, it, it you know drenches, and it, it turns from... Uh, 
jello to concrete within like days yes mainly in the summer because like it's like soggy and then like yeah and then a few days it's like cracked you can like it's see wild. it it's so hard but yeah when when it digging is not fun when, <laughs> when it dries like and cracks too it's these massive crevasses that you could just see straight down into it's wild it's wild there'll be you know inch to about an inch wide sometimes right where you could just see so far down into Sometimes I stick sticks down into them to see how far they go. Um, and essentially, that was one of the problems with our our septic. But that's what we mainly. I, I, so I'm going to speak on like how we um, our orchard because like how how much that's changed. Maybe yeah, it's, maybe it's in actually the future, more of a food forest. In the future, when I like look up some stuff, I'll, we can put like a you know this perfect green scheme. We can put like a pre and post what it looked like. Before. Do we? Because I know we have old pictures of it, and then. All the fruit trees we put, all the chickens and oh, turkeys yeah. we have in there to like just fertilize it, but I've how, 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 how lush it is. And mm -hmm. Since day one, we have, we have documents. What, two apple trees, a jujubee, figs, figs, plums, two, three plums, apricot, an apricot, and mulberries, and mulberries, and a one pomegranate, and uh, in, uh, tea tree. She's not doing so well right now, but Anuka. we'll bring her back. And yes. those uh, chase berries, but they, uh, I mean, that's mainly just for pollinators bringing in the bird bamboo. and the bees. Yes. We yeah, have lots of bamboo. Too much. <laughs> we had a, <laughs> we had a mild, oh, the uh, bamboo journey. when we first moved here, it was very exposed because it's just kind of like prairie, you know, old farmland. But, and so when we first, we moved here in the uh, winter, it was like winter bear time and we felt January, very, actually it's, very it's five years uh, on the 31st. We felt very exposed, so we ordered wait, like 30 bamboo uh, <laughs> clumps, and it was a ridiculous amount. But honestly, it's grown a lot slower than I've expected. But yes. sometimes you see those rhizomes going, and I'm like, it gives us mild panic attacks. We're like, yes. oh, because we just don't want it shooting into the neighbors and stuff. It but initially gave me a lot of anxiety. I used to have nightmares about it. But now, yeah, it's great. I go because seeing like blocking on the east side, like just it's because honestly, those have been like the main bushiest ones, and it's so nice how much they block and protect us. Well, so. we've put a lot of mental energy towards those, just <laughs> like directing them there because we have a neighbor that it's like is, is too close for comfort, honestly. And then uh, we used to be rural, and now we're definitely considered sub-rural because what happened is they changed the law so that they were able to start selling every two acres so now all of the affluent people are coming out here and they're building estates and mansions every two acres so now we are this <laughs> you know it's kind of like that house uh that's in new york that's in between all of the skyscrapers and it's just this tiny little house we're essentially like that now we're just this little trailer this little you know uh acre acreage plot uh, surrounded by massive estates it's it's wild and now the airport that's that's pretty close is becoming more commercial so now we have that so there's all these thorns being pushed in the nest um we're probably i want to start a patreon to start oh, i was just about to say please subscribe to our <laughs> please new about to be formed patreon to help us uh, achieve more of our homesteading goals because like i said it sounds like we have a, obviously we just put a lot of time and effort into everything we've described but Obviously, we're trying to to get more ideal to where we want to go. But so, hopefully, you guys keep staying tuned, and we can and it help support us. And we'll all try to offer other stuff. Just because, like, if we have a Patreon, we have to what? Are we going to do like an extra hour 
Are we going to have uh, just bonus stuff? Yeah, I can um, think of all sorts of things. Maybe personalized. Swag. Personalized. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they have to buy that, but Merch. personalized, maybe like consultations or. Oh, I can um, definitely do that. I'll offer my services for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, we'll we'll figure that as we go. But like, what else we can do? Because we'll have like we'll probably have like a tiered subscription kind of thing. We'll obviously always have a free, mostly free like hour or so. Yes. We're trying to shoot like an hour or so per episode, roughly. Well, we'll see. I. I mean, it depends. I have a hard varies, time but... setting you know strict parameters on things. Hey, I have to see how we just flow. Well, our but... first our first practice when we did remember we did like three hours. I was like, we're. I'm a regular yeah, day Joe we Rogan were, over here. We were really flowing. It was really nice. But this is our practice homestead. I wanted to right. mention. Uh, we never. This was never meant to be permanent. This is where we, you know, practice all our skills and, uh, like earth building and 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 creating a food forest. Uh, now we've had, we've had chickens for five years now, and we have a steady flock of thirty to fifty chickens at a time. Um, when we get too many roosters, we have to cull them, of course, but. That creates a lot of meat for the freezer. And I will tell you guys, if you didn't know this, and if you heard, you know, rumor or urban legend about how roosters taste, roosters are amazing. It's much more dark meat. It's much richer. I really like what people will call the gaminess of it. It just has more natural flavor to it. The legs. Maybe? So I do, ooh, I do suggest. I don't know why. They get a bad rap. But maybe it's just do. from. Maybe it's, I don't understand. Maybe it's just from like raising them or something. But I'm like, I, I, I don't understand why I think it's just how spoiled wouldn't. we are with the meat industry now. You know, everything is unrecognizable and wrapped in plastic in the stores. So people are really far removed from, you know, death. organ meats and death and what is uh, what is uh, really available within nature. The roosters provide us a lot of meat. Yeah, and it's very, like, you know, just the same thing as like hunters. Like when you like and honestly like how fresh of meat we get when we when we harvest a bird and then obviously we have to like you know clean it take it apart and then to eat it that day it's like it's almost i don't know it's it has so much more and we raised it it's one thing if you hunt you, yeah. you, you just see it but it's a very fulfilling ritual yeah and yeah yeah they, yeah it's yeah so the patreon would be for us to uh, be able to get a larger swath of land so that we can do a lot more of what we what our goals are what our visions are for for land uh it would be wonderful to be able to get a much uh larger swath yeah so hopefully they know like for anybody who does subscribe it's not like oh the money's just going to like our you know we're gonna buy a new mercedes or something like at least because no. hopefully people who would listen are things who want to support people like that and want to yes and they'll see like hey guy and we, especially if we have like a even if like uh, whether it's our website or social media whatever if we have like a yes like uh you know say this is our target and then like they can see how much we're going and stuff so well we have a lot of plans for that land and and a lot of that involves community and education as well and right. also it's providing not services yeah, it's not a, just not us. a commune but a, <laughs> a communal type situation obviously with people we love and trust but and people who want to work with land and want to not aren't just uh yes. city people who and there's a large, beautiful movement in this. Uh, if you are tuned into homesteading, and if you're tuned into wanting to unplug and to rewild, uh, rewild yourselves and become more in tune with nature. That reminds. Oh, sorry. No. Yeah. Oh, it just reminds me of. Uh, I mean, uh, it's somewhat related, but the whole idea of when I think they called it going native. Whenever the pilgrims, Aye. pilgrims came over here, and they're all living in their you know <laughs> shitty little whatever they're living in and then some people some people got kidnapped by the native americans different tribes but and then some 
And so, of course, they're like, oh, we got to go get them back. And then when right. they come back, they're like, man, I want to – I had I enjoyed it more living with the natives, like that yeah. kind of lifestyle. And, then, and they literally had to make laws to prevent people from running away and living with the natives. And so, I don't know. <laughs> just the, And I'm trying to think of things like that now where, like, mm-hmm. I heard, like, yeah, how they pr- try to do – like, I heard uh, – like raw cow's milk is uh, is illegal in most states. Oh yes, my milk. sister and I speak it's to illegal, this a lot. Illegal, to, definitely. I know it's illegal to, to cross mm-hmm. borders, unpasteurized because they deem it unsafe. But that should be the the choice of the people. I believe you should have access. I know they to want, all things. Just I don't know. I, I like the I like the notion of things that how they have to pre- prevent us to from doing stuff to like literally making laws about stuff to yeah about natural. I would much rather spend double the amount on raw goat's milk cheese than, you know, buy some nasty processed. Yeah, and it being local. In general, but no, we no, we don't drink dairy, but we do. I do love cheese. I have an affinity for (laughs) for cheese. Yeah. Queso es mi favorito. (laughs) Oh yeah, we've been. what day uh, you want? I just completed my 75-day streak on Duolingo. Duolingo can sponsor us because I have a 87-day, five, six-day streak. <laughs> you have like 70 what? 75. I just got 75 today, which is a big, which is a big uh, mile mark. See, this will be our. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's like a little segment we could do every. Because I don't know. We're probably gonna do it. We're shooting for every once a week, if not definitely like bi-monthly. But that's could be a segment we could do is like a re- uh, personal recommendation. Whether it's a, a book, a movie, a, a, like an app or something, I, like like you know, this week it's learn, learn of all the time you spend on your phone, just what do they say? Like fifteen minutes a day, you can be, learn a whole other language, and which obviously we took Spanish yes. growing up, but they make it so interactive and so fun, and there's and they've designed it in such a way that the incentives keep you motivated. Uh, it's more like a video game, but then there's this uh, aspect of community that's in it as well so you can't talk to other people but you can befriend one another and 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 keep each other motivated through just witnessing everyone's progress that's a lot of fun and then the competition i i realize that i'm much more competitive than i initially i gotta get i gotta get out of the demotion (laughs) zone i need to yeah because they do yeah because i mean a because like when you get like you know even like you start a 10-day streak going just doing it it can as little as like three minutes a day but once you get that going you see your number going like oh i don't want to lose my number and that's it and they have like this like league it's kind of like in in pro soccer they have like a all these leagues and you can get promoted or relegated Mm -hmm. based on how you do but and so that incentivizes you to like oh i gotta like keep going and yeah i I feel like it's a cool app but i've definitely i've I've re re reinvent because i remember i did i took a lot in high school and college and then you know, obviously it's classic. If you don't use it, you lose it. And then, so just doing it every day. I remember specifically one time our, our friend Roshni came over and she pulled out a, a, a pen out of her bag and it was like a moon. It had like, it was, it was a cool Celestial. pen. And then in, in my head, I was like, polygrafo. I'm like, that's a, and I was like, and I was like, oh, I'm actually so starting thinking, to think in Spanish. Yeah. Throughout my daily, daily work. And I, and I want us to mm-hmm. like, as a family, go to a, a hole in the wall Mexican restaurant and just only order in Spanish and just to practice because yeah that's a goal that's like a almost a reward for us whenever we all right. feel confident and comfortable enough to be able to do that and it's like this wonderful challenge that's another thing about it is that the whole family is involved which is which is so great because because it, it keeps us all accountable but then we have this um, we have this thing we all do together so it creates a lot more union especially with teenagers which is what we have. Uh, to 
to keep them, you know, when just to have something that we all participate in together on a regular basis and keep each other accountable and we have goals and I just think it's just it's just so wonderful all the way around uh, and and then just the added benefit of learning a new language because I would appreciate um, possibly you know moving part-time to Mexico at some point I would I feel like at some point in our life we're, we're, we might expat or just yeah, definitely live somewhere else. It's but. a glimmer. It's, uh, you know, just like a small idea. So I'm sorry for my shaking, if you guys can hear it in my voice. No, it's like just because your chair is hitting the... Yeah. It's still when you're like... You're it's like, just cold in here. Like, I don't think we mentioned you're where... You're excited, so you're like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't think we mentioned where we're recording from. This is our love shack. This is our tiny home. Um, essentially our studio and bedroom that, that B and I live in. Um, that's another... I guess we're, we could be considered a bit of a... a compound now i'm not sure yeah because we have two we have two living dwellings now when it's warm there's a, yeah. a roll-up door right behind us so we might if we're not using the green screen you might roll it up just so you can yeah. see because there's just trees right here i mean there's a road but it's not mm -hmm. busy at all but so and you know so our set will change to you as long as with our programming which i was just looking over here and that's one thing i wanted to mention real quick was uh how we have like these segments and stuff that we, but we also might because we were we're toying with whether the podcast will be like informational slash presentational or like, you know, conversing and exploring and interviewing and like just seeing what comes out of people. So, which, which I think I, I want to do both, like a blend of both, but. Same. I just, I would love to see it evolve into everything that we could possibly dream of. Uh, I would appreciate input as well as far as um yeah we'll set something up from you guys we'll, we'll set something up where people can either like obviously their social media they can just write but i want to do right. something where they do like a voice recording on just on your phone no no nothing and send it in and we'll have a thing where we can play it on here yeah, so we can play feature. here and, and so it gets, yeah, it gets more engaged and, mm -hmm. yeah i really appreciate the engagement aspect that's going to be fun i'm just excited to see what everything evolves into we're pretty novice and unpolished, uh, which I appreciate. I don't like a lot of yeah. you know, high production. I'm, I have a bit of a perfectionist quality as me, uh, me as a person, but I, 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 you know, like I said, we're not fully formed, and we just wanted to get into it. We just wanted to delve into it, and this is very new to both of us. So yeah, I heard. Um, I just wanted, you know, just we're humans and we're all figuring this thing out. But I really wanted to start it, even though we're working on learning how to become better podcasters every day. But uh, I'm just really grateful that we've begun. This is exciting. Me too. Yeah. Because yeah, I heard, uh, I heard David Cho talk because his podcast was very, you know, just talk and go, you know. But he was talking about he went to. Uh, the, I don't even know if it's still around, but that podcast, The Nerdist, it was like with that. Uh, yeah, we Hardwick. just saw them in a in the the documentary. Yeah, that, he was because mm -hmm. he was talking about like he went, he's like visited the guy, and then like they had like 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 teams of writers in the back, and then like versus versus them just like hit and record and let's talk for so which I will definitely be more of that approach, but I mean obviously we'll be you know try to be prepared, try to have yes. stuff, but we're not just winging it, but. Our production value will. It's a blend of spontaneous, spontaneousness <laughs> and p preparedness. So, 
I feel that. Which is beautiful. I feel that that's a, a wonderful balance. I feel that that's much more authentic. I just really appreciate authenticity. Um, I think essentially that's why I was a little not anxious, just not as relaxed going in because of uh, how much production goes behind putting this out to the people and just the nature. I know that the nature of, of our people that listen to this will be um, the people who this is meant for. And so you will not put as much emphasis on on how we appear, uh, but, do, but do expect high production value as far as as much as we can do within I mean, the limits of... fancy green screen, man. Hey, we're going to try yeah, hopefully we'll to either, make this hopefully, a cool background yeah, for whenever you all. We're, it might be going right now, because if I do this in post-production, it might be like playing right now, but hope the idea is to yeah, just have this as an ambient background. But if we like pull up, if we talk about a video or a clip or something, hopefully it's just, it's playing right here as we speak. But obviously that's like post-production. But Yes. So that, that's the whole goal of this. But Is there anyone you would like... Uh, that you discovered or that you thought of this week within your, your you know learning journey that you'd like to to speak to or speak, speak of uh, as far as just mentioning maybe can you think of anyone off the top of your head or like to for people to check oh out oh my or? gosh i have a whole list of people i'd love to interview eventually the first one that comes to my head, I, I don't know if that's even what you're asking me. Is to, I don't know if you are you asking me who would we want to interview, or because that's one thing the podcast is gonna make us expand, reach out, like hey, let's actually try to like talk to this person, and like you know if it's a topic we're interested in, like let's not an expert, but just someone who's way more down the, that rabbit hole, yes. so we don't have to like spend hours just doing our own research. But obviously, we'll it's something we're somewhat informed in, so like to talk to someone else yes. in depth about something. But I don't Moral know. Moral Erica would be like. Sorry. Yeah, hopefully that'd be number. Hopefully that's up there. Yeah, we that she's definitely reachable. But I was thinking of um, Our fairy Joe Hutto. Joe Hutto. He wrote that book over there. The uh, it's like illumination in the flatwoods, and he's in this doc, oh, this yes. documentary called My My Life as a Turkey. And it's yes. it's an I, that's maybe that's my first trek after Duolingo is that documentary because it's super fascinating because they a there's two elements to it because a he did this originally and then they had to recreate it and redo it, but he lived with turkeys or he like someone put some turkey eggs on his uh porch one day and he raised them and they uh you know he was basically like their mom and so he would, he would literally like open the trees with them and he wouldn't sleep there but until like nightfall came but and uh it's do you an, remember the name of the documentary let's pull that up yeah my so life as can. a turkey my life as a turkey right. it's, okay. it's fascinating yeah because he just it lived really with is. them and, and it shows just how smart they are and then the uh, dynamics of it and how i'm not gonna spoil but how it ends and then yes. there's a big dramatic part but and then he also did one part where he lived with deer for these mule deer I don't that was remember, the second documentary i don't remember what state it, that one was uh, wasn't that montana yeah i don't remember what it was called but yeah he was we'll find it out took him like guys. years we'll to even get comfortable to get comfortable click the link below <laughs> <laughs> but he, he like lived with deer for a long time and got super like super close to him and got like he, like just one little highlight to show how close he got. He, one time he was like one of the deer was pregnant, gave birth, and one of the deer came and g grabbed, got him, like was making noise, and he followed the deer into where his little the little fawn was, and she yes. was showing him the baby. That's how like close he was with them, and and it the shows like that. The trust in the, the bond higher, was it, so intense that he had to quit recording and leave them because it was too much. 
Well, it was just too heartbreaking, but I don't want to spoil it. But oh, I won't spoil. Sorry, spoil but yeah, he, alert. he, uh, yeah, it's amazing because it's it's so much right. so much time and commitment to do that. And then, speaking of people, and who... it showed the higher the social dynamics. There's it was like a yeah. it was a matriarchy, which I, I didn't know. I had no idea. You always think like the bucks in charge, but it was really the uh, one of the there's like a head doe. Right. There were a lot of misconceptions that we had had prior. And a lot of things that we just weren't even aware yeah, of, even that they're, they're more omnivorous and that they're, uh, the hierarchy. There's this little funeral. It's very much, it's very different than we had initially thought. Speaking uh, to people, uh, the first person that comes to mind for me, uh, people who have made an impact and work with animals, my, f my initial uh, dream would be Carol Ruckteschel. Um, from Cumberland Island. She is partly, well, mainly responsible for the protection of sea turtles on the eastern seaboard. And she lives kind of as we do, even more. Um, she lives off roadkill. She lives off roadkill. And she's actually the reason. <laughs> All right, now we're getting real personal. We might lose some people to this, but um, she started eating roadkill when she was about five years old. There's this book called Untamed. I can't remember the name of the author right off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the the link, the description. Um, she started eating roadkill when she was about five, started living in caves because her home life was quite unsavory and, and wasn't in tune, you know, in alignment with who she was. So she spent a lot of time living out in the woods, and she would feed herself by going and finding fresh roadkill. She even spoke to eating it up to three days uh, after kill and that she was absolutely fine she's one of the healthiest women um that the author had ever met they were they worked he was a um what do you call anyway he worked with the like the forest protection service out there uh parks and like the parks and rec and just this book is so incredible she would be a wonderful woman to interview that would be a dream for me um She's just so, like, she walks barefoot like I do, and uh, she swims with the sea turtles. She's not afraid of, she's just fearless, and it's beautiful. I love her whole journey. Yeah, that would be one person. Are you going to speak on the part that you said that's going to maybe lose people? Oh, well, it, well, it was the roadkill that she, she eats roadkill to this day. Like that's her that's oh, her I meat source because she wasn't willing to kill animals in order to eat. So she well, I mean, thought that it was much more humane to I mean, eat. Oh, okay. So so we decided that uh, something's up with the camera. It keeps telling me something well, about the a, power. It's got a low battery up there, so I'll oh, have okay. to swap it real soon. But okay, yeah. Just get, well, after this this story. Okay, we'll so um, we actually started experimenting with roadkill some years ago when we first started moving out here and we were rewild rewilding ourselves uh we got really deep into rewilding we were going off out on the kayaks and catching fish and and then we st uh, he started uh bow hunting and, and i would catch them in the in the river uh well in the creek and uh we started pulling up fresh roadkill like squirrel yeah, it started with squirrel. Um, started with squirrel. I think the last one, and squirrel is delicious. Okay, and if you're from yeah. the south uh, east here in the United States, that's actually very common, especially in the Appalachians. Like, squirrel is a very common dish, and it's delicious. It tastes a lot like dark meat chicken, but with mixed with red meat. It's, like, really rich and really kind of sweet, and um, almost, it looks like a, like a quail. 
I mean, it's kind of funny whenever you take the fur and the skin off of an animal, they all pretty much look the same. Oh, yeah. And they all pretty much taste Oh, man. The real, same. Whenever, real quick, whenever I... To, essentially. Quick, quick story. When mm -hmm. I, I was... <laughs> I was dealing with some, uh, it was like frozen liver I had where I was trying to make it for the dog and I was, I had this steak knife and I was stabbing it to try to unbreak it. And then I was, honestly, I was getting angry because it was taking so long and I was stabbing it and boom, boom, and I stabbed my hand and I had this huge wound open. And I remember at one point I could see the muscle in my hand and I was for a second before, before I got a little woozy from my blood loss, I remember thinking, wow, that looks just like, like squirrel meat or just like any type of meat. And right. I was like, it's, it yeah, but like you're saying, once you, Ugh. once you, once the fur, the feathers are gone, I'm like, it, like, dude, it's meat, but... Let me give you a little bit deeper perspective on this story. That was during one of the biggest freezes here that we've had in, like, 12 years in Texas. They it was it. Snowmageddon, and we, uh, our power went out, and we didn't have any backup heating, and it was, like, 19 degrees in the house. This was pre-wood we had. All our pants, our, our plants froze. I had to stuff his meat back in his hand and super glue it shut. Like a tendon. Uh, because he wouldn't. I had to push a tendon back in, all his meat, stuff it back in, and then glue Ooh. it shut. And then because his hand was at, uh, it could have gotten gangrenous, and well, his gloves infected. wouldn't fit over his hand. So I, I put several socks over his hand, and we stayed in bed for like two days with the dog trying to stay warm uh, because we couldn't drive anywhere. It was a very, very, very intense. Uh, we prayed together that was a beautiful oh yeah thing we actually what, do we like ask together. for we're just asking for help or something or assistance or just i don't i don't yeah i remember but we were and we're not religious people but you know deeply spiritual and i do I, for lack of a better term pray yeah like i wouldn't uh, i would definitely would put a name or a label on anything but no. there's definitely you know something <laughs> but beyond we did us, ask but, for the energies yeah. and protections to to make sure we made it through that um Oh, it, that was an. We'll speak more to that another time. I think we need to change out but the battery. Real right quick, now. yeah, but but and then the, this whole roadkill led to us finding a deer where I had been like bow hunting down the road. But there's a obviously a, a recently the a dead deer. You could tell it got hit because it's like its forearm was just bent backwards. But and that led to us with our friends shoving him in our trunk. I remember when cars were driving yes. by, we like made like a human shield because we we're like right, and we to, didn't know like, it at the time there. that it was not legal. To, to pick up roadkill and, and bring it home. And I don't find anything wrong with that at all. I mean, it would have just gone to waste, and it fed us for months. For months the whole Fresh winter. Venison. It fed Ooh. us for the whole winter. Uh, and we were working the, the farmer's markets at the time, and there was only one market that was open in all season seasons. So uh, in the wintertime, our, our work kind of falls off. We're also art models and uh, figure models. And so our, our work's a little bit more slow in the winter. So that actually provided us with so much food. Uh, it was, and we got to have this experience with two friends that were very green in in processing and harvesting animals. So that was like this wonderful bonding with yeah, these young really the, these young little basically niece and nephew that were living with us at the time. We were helping them out in their transition because they were unplugging from uh, the matrix as well. And, uh, man, it just string up the deer over the fire pit in the back behind the house and everyone cleaning and, and you know, and I'm showing everyone how to skin the, the deer and how to piece it and how to gut it. And uh, that was a gorgeous experience I will never forget. Yeah, I love, 
from the rooster to the roadkill to that like the connection to the food like whenever that's in the free and like whenever you eat it and like you, you i don't know it yeah. it just makes it makes food way more just valuable like have it does it makes you appreciate it a lot more yeah because it's you you know the source of it it's not just mm-hmm. in some prepackaged thing and it, it a, a, there's a picture of something that says you know i mean you can buy ground venison at like whole foods but it, you know like that versus like having a big hunk in your freezer it's like but from so beginning much to end yeah it makes you appreciate that meat so then it's much like nourishing more. you and nourishing your loved ones it's like yes ugh. And and creating so many and learning so many Not recipes about how to cook venison and about how to how to I really love the I can't it's so interesting to me that people are like oh I can't stand the gaminess but what I think is actually is they're just too used to factory farmed animals that are really plain in their flavor and you know almost toxic just meek yeah uh, you know just like pro- just factory processed meat it is so much different then whenever you process it yourself, that flavor of that deer was, I haven't had that since I was a little girl when I used to go deer hunting with my grandfathers. And I don't know, that that brought it. And just seeing everyone enjoy it and being able to cook for everybody was, oh, it's just precious. Mm. Yeah, it is. I think I don't I don't remember us eating I don't remember if we did with the liver but I remember eating the heart the heart was amazing but but anyways let me uh, let's uh let me yeah, check this battery real quick it's a good okay. time okay. all right sink all right and we're back after so, a little pee break got yeah. a little fresher new batteries we left off at we were speaking to roadkill roadkill more things about us the introduction of us. Uh, where shall we go now from there? Well, we got from that from um, you know, interview, pe- you know, people we want to reach out to, or what kind of guests we want to have, or because what's your opinion on like? Obviously, it's a lot more technical setup, but if we do yes. like a, rem- I want to try to avoid as much as we can, but obviously it'll lend us to reach more people, but um, Zoom interviews, like I want to do, like I, I want obviously I'd rather try to do more local and people we can actually be in person with because it's you know in person's better conversations but yes so interviews are definitely on the docket so look forward to that obviously the two we just named aren't here so that would have to be that but right i'll see what we can do about those because we know like (laughs) as we're talking about like art modeling we know a lot of artists around dfw yes uh, comics but you know some comics i don't know (laughs) But speaking to the just the holistic nature of ourselves and our interests and the way that we live, just the way our lives are set up, there's we have some interesting folks to speak to that are in our circles and that are doing the good works within the world as well. Oh, look at your beautiful face. Uh, they're doing good works and they all have some sort of project happening and I'd really like them to be able to, or I'd feel honored to be able to interview them and speak to what they're doing and see how we flow with people i would also like your feedback on things that you all would like to hear more of um if you'd like to hear more about gardening or or animal care or building uh natural buildings right now these building a shed um recycling it from this old dilapidated shed that was coming down and he's doing a great job it's this adorable little coop and we're going to start uh 
um, practicing building bottle walls, which is exciting because that's been a long time coming. We saved up far too many bottles for projects we could do here on our little swath of land. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be good to. I mean, well, I used to live out in Taos where all the earthships are, and I, I, I think that's where they pioneered the, just using glass bottles as bricks. You know, they have a nice effect because you know they if you cut them and then put them together, it allows light to come through, yes. which is a just beautiful. But and obviously they they use like the big tire walls, but you know because yes. you know the tires are a huge waste in our society. But I don't know, that's like a whole another endeavor. But it is. it's I'm very la also, labor intensive. But everything's yeah. way cheaper though. But I wanted, I'm, I'm also wanting to experiment with uh, creating our own brick, especially out of this gumbo, and see how that happens, how that goes. Uh, with how it it acts in in different seasons uh, and climate and the climates, and then waddle and daub, just all the all, you know experimenting with every sort of earth natural building. Yes, I want to make an earth bag dome That's because I would really love to do this for birthing huts. Uh, just a simple earth bag dome so that women can come and Billy and Ben and know I that help the people doing that. Like, in, I think as they said, Denison, I think. Oh yes, so isn't that with the yes? That's with the rainbow. Uh, the rainbow gathering, the drum circle, and the in the the native sweats, native style sweats that they do out there, and that's also in a natural dwelling. That's cut. It's more like a an in ground. I can't remember the technical term for it, but it's an in ground um, clay covered or cement covered hut that you walk down into. It's very earthen, very very homey. <laughs> They're hopefully our friends, well, our family. Um, they're called the, oh, goodness, I just forgot the name of the farm. It's like Calhoun. I'll come back with it. I'll probably list it in the description as well. But they have a great little farm, and, and uh, Billy and Sharon just started inviting homestead children, or, I mean, homeschooling children out to learn how to grow plants and their own food. And she's starting tilapia ponds. Oh, yeah. um, so they're kind of like the next incarnation of what we want to do. So we actually, I, I learn a lot from them as well and just witnessing their evolution on their farm. But we uh, we have turkeys now speaking to, to animals that we harvest. That's been quite a journey. Turkeys. I've been trying to breed them, but that's uh, been... Uh, they are so difficult to breed. If anybody breeds turkeys, please... Please, uh, we'd love <laughs> some tips and tricks for well, how I to help facilitate that. I think it's a lot easier if you pen them in, but we free range all our birds and the turkeys. They sleep on top of the chicken coop, and then we're for there's a and there's a, we always had a couple chickens that would sleep in the trees, but they they we had this we were getting wiped out by predators for like a month. They took out all the birds that slept outside. It was like it was a mix of possums and bobcats that we've had encounters and with. And raccoons. They, they took out our both. What happened to our first? No, we harvested the first raccoons turkey. Raccoons have been brutal. They took out our last. Yeah, and they took out our last Jake, our last male turkey. Oh my baby, Cloud. He was a a lavender uh, slate, and I really wanted to breed lavender slates. I'm kind of into this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you call it like eugenics of, of chicken breeding, but I really appreciate certain colors and just the demeanor. It's very interesting 
how the demeanor changes with chickens according to their color, which I never knew. I didn't even realize that. But there's just, there's certain types of mixes and breeds that, that of course, are they have different. I'm I'm really glad that I know this might sound a little harsh, but I'm really glad that we kind of weeded out the more the the more unruly chickens that were un you know that just couldn't very it domesticate or get them to sleep inside. I love that they were you know feral, but but it was really challenging with all of the wild creatures that live around us. Like uh, man, I almost caught up to the bobcat. <laughs> about a week ago I don't know what I was going to do once I caught the bobcat but <laughs> but it took off with one of our last chickens that slept outside um, and I'm kind of glad that we're not breeding all of them because you know, we have the tamer more manageable ones left yeah it reminds me I wanted to I was trying to write a joke about how owning chickens is kind of like being a like I understand like dictatorship governments now because you got to snuff out the rebels and the ones that go out too far and then you kill the boys and you uh what else mm. but it really it really put in perspective because i was like like the one because we'd have we'd have birds that would come out and they'd like just go into our garden and like kill all the they'd spread because they like dirt bathe and obviously and sometimes they eat the sprouts but and they just like wrecked wrecked everything so like whenever there's yeah. ones that just keep going out and, and sometimes they'll lay eggs in random places and it's like a real easter egg hunt but so sometimes I'm like, all right, this one's got to go because it's becoming a problem. Like every every day they just like right. their whole focus, they'll just walk the line just trying to get to where they like on the other side of the fence. But <laughs> they do make it easier to decide who to harvest, though, <laughs> which yeah. ones to harvest. So it's just this it's it's kind of like a, it helps us out because it's just a natural selection at that point. Well, this one's creating a lot of issues and we can't have chickens digging out our livelihood, you know, our 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 food, our growing food. Um because it seemed like every time I got seedlings going and I really got the garden going, uh, they would figure out a way to get into it because I don't have it completely enclosed or, or caged in. So that was just, oh, so incredibly frustrating. But but we're getting it. It's a practice. Like I said, um, January 31st, it'll be officially our fifth year homesteading. So Really? And what Lila had said was, Hey, you guys are really smart. You were a couple years ahead of the curve of everybody, you know, um, unplugging and going at back to the land. And yeah, I have seen this huge surge since pre-pandemic that uh, of people going back to the land. Well, remember, I remember us having this conversation with the girls. I remember saying before everything happened, I was like, "What would happen if there was just no food in the grocery stores anymore? Like, we just go up and there's." shelves are empty and then mm -hmm. sure enough like I'm mean, obviously there was stuff there but people were like overbuying and like it was just things got a little nut you know people were concerned for about food for a while and i would hear oh, all these were? other people talking about food shortages coming and like all these farms burning or not burning but uh right. like the food processing plants burning there's a bunch there's like a whole there's like 30 of them or something, something crazy like that for a while and, right. and i remember just kept thinking i was like any day now that might because i've heard people say like uh, there's only like three days worth of food in like like all the grocery stores like at a given moment. So I remember yes. thinking like, oh, there's gonna, right. and people are talking, oh, there's all these cows that had to be cold because some disease and all. So yeah, it was you yeah. know, and obviously, obviously it was during all this media, just heyday of stuff, just going rampant on things. But 
Right. So I don't know. I'm glad we anyway, have, having an endless supply of eggs is a, a true blessing. I feel that it's so vital for everyone to understand how to grow their own food uh, to a certain extent. You can grow your own food even in a small apartment. You can grow quite a bit of your own food in a tiny square footage. Uh, you just have to get innovative with where your southern light is. If you have southern light, you can grow food. Um, sprouts at the minimum. Sprouts and sprouts Micro- are the most nutrient dense food that you can get. That's we eat a lot of sprouts in the winter because uh, we we try to eat as close to seasonally as possible. So sprouts are are vital for nutrients in the winter time, especially when there's less sun, and um, people you know they want more comfort foods. So we kind of we top everything <laughs> as much as possible with sprouts, but I really want to get back into growing them. We haven't in a little while because we've been occupied with other things, but I definitely want to set up another sprout growing system. Yeah, I had like a whole tray, like a tiered system going where I'd pour water in the top and I'd, I'd kind of tilt the top one. So I think I think it was like, it was mainly oats, oat grass. It was, that was for like the birds you were doing, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of, and, some and so the, you'd pour the water in the top, it'd trickle down. Mm-hmm. Go down the bottom one. That one would tilt back, so you're like watering it all, like very minimally. It's very easy. Yeah, I really love innovating o- our own systems as well in everything. I really like to just kind of figure it out as I go with, you know, influence with with researching from what other people have done, but then to to innovate and create our own system ac- according to our homestead here, because every homestead is different, uh, because we all have different variables to contend with, and here. We have this, you know, we have a different set of challenges every year, obviously, because of the influence of the outside world as well. But I've I've wanted to, uh, and we've been on the self-sustainability journey for quite a while. It started in our old house before we moved here. Um, we dug up these nasty, disgusting rose bushes. Both of us can't, we, we really don't. I mean, I appreciate roses for for uh, medicinal purposes um, and, er- and, you know, aromatherapy purposes, but... They were a big pain in the ass, and so we dug them all out uh, to to build a garden, and we started our first garden together there uh, six years ago, and and that was really the the beginning of everything was us making that decision um, in the middle of suburbia to start our own vegetable garden, and and just how how easy it can be. It's it's pretty. It's pretty easy to grow that the hardier stuff for yourself, and that can not only um, there's so many benefits to that, but it really cuts the grocery bill. Like we haven't we haven't bought eggs, uh, and the egg industry is just gross anyway. But yeah, we haven't, we haven't bought eggs in five years. How egg you know egg prices going up too, and and that's something. That, I mean, we might want to wrap it up. I mean, we're all like probably at an hour, but mm-hmm. another thing we could talk about in the future is like our transition from veganism to to eating like harvesting our own like killing animals like harvesting animals to and how that the transition of that like that's a that's a whole episode that is a good point we we were devout vegans i'm trying to remember did we start that gardening then because obviously we we were eating a ton of plants but i don't remember if that was before or after we because the first thing we ate was eggs and i don't don't remember if that was before or after eggs we started gardening before okay because i remember Uh, we were growing a lot of kale mm -hmm, because we had the vegan business and uh, we were working on propagating plants and, and starting to grow sprouts in the old house because we had that great light in the, the porch. Anyway, yeah, we went from devout vegans and had, a, and had several different vegan-based businesses to, to being 
uh, farmers and hunters and um, and harvesters of meat. So that's been quite a long journey. So if anyone is interested in back. how to transition, uh, but we are still ethical as far as we're as ethically vegan as possible. Like uh, I mean, yeah, we still eat our as, greens as far as sure, practices but. and and um, and source where we source our food from is very important. We try to stay as local as possible. Well, that's good. That's why I started veganism because I'd see these factory farm videos and I was like, oh man, I do not want to partake in that. So I took an extreme reaction so i was like i'm not doing i'm not gonna eat any animals at all even though there are better ways to get to eat animals and the yeah. stuff that's like like you know if it's like um what is that farming called regenerative farming like there's ways where yes. it's actually beneficial to the land it's like it's sucking co2 out of the air yes. versus uh you know factory farms like these like shit lakes going around but I so think that, we that should dedicate a whole episode. This is wonderful. We could even do a two-part because there's so much to this to speak to. I'll write to. it down. Yeah, I think that, that's a great direction to go All in. right, maybe that might be our yeah, next episode. Yeah, just speaking to maybe. the evolution of ourselves and how we began in the okay. in our relationship together. We were both vegan. All right, so yeah, and we can start that and then yeah. we'll – I want to bring <laughs> – I, I like the idea of bringing in like – because as our week goes, we get – I have a feeling that this is going to be like comedy where like all week I'm like thinking about my bits or I'm like, is this a joke? Blah, blah, blah. So with podcasting, like if we uh, you just read some read some article like this is like, you know, just save a tab or like have mm -hmm. something on our like a something where you keep everything. So right. we just bring this to it. And then right. Because, yeah, that's where the eggs came from. That's where we started raising chickens was that we didn't want to buy eggs anymore. Just understanding the the egg industry. I became vegan because of my four-year-old daughter and she just you know was waking up to the realizations of the world and and made a decision for herself so i decided to you know and we'll get into that in the episode but we decided to right then and there to go vegan and to educate ourselves as much as possible and it's very good short term but i was vegan for way too long and it kind of destroyed my bodies in in, in ways that i'd like to speak to as well as for people just as a yeah. warning um that are long-term vegans that it can be it's not it's not meant for everyone to be a lifelong journey and it definitely was not meant for my own biology like my my own body uh it did not react well after several years it started to break down in ways um and that's not for lack of vitamins or nutrients i made sure that you know i i was obtaining enough protein i was very calculated in everything but you know coming from a yeah, personal a training and nutrition background trainer, yeah. exactly in a nutritionist background dude, i'll never forget we used to like work out hard in that gym in that garage <laughs> gym dude and i remember i mean i would like when i'd work out i'd get like not that i'm like bulky but like back then i would just get like dense but i remember like yes. once we started eating eggs like that was the first time i was like dude i feel like stronger dude i remember i was like right. doing more and like i, I could see more but yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, we'll we'll speak more on that, but almost definitely. And the transition that uh, my body is still acclimating to certain things that um it's not used to. Yeah, cuz I think it's great to detox from something like it cuz <laughs> one of the yeah, it's those nutrition books you have, yeah, one of those ones diet. you have is yeah. like almost every time like if you got this it was like just don't eat meat or milk or anything, just go like fruits and veggies and then right. but then but I think the key part is to like then to reintroduce stuff at, back into it because yeah I just don't think it's long term sustainable because that's like a recurring theme I see with long term vegans is just like year like five ten mm -hmm. that's when your body just 
not, it doesn't yeah. break down, but it's just not as like optimal. But that would be wonderful to speak to um, other people that I know that are out there, and I can't think of their names off the top of my head. But that would be wonderful to interview them Ooh. about their transitions as well uh, out of veganism and into sustainable practices uh, in growing their own food, if they have, or I'm just what they what their new practices in being um, an, an omnivore. Yeah, that was because my first. Uh, I I need to save this for the next episode, but just speaking of guests and authors, but I remember my, the first guy that kind of got me thinking about um, switch. Just start like getting out of veganism was I can't remember his name. It was like Tofar, not to, something weird like that. But Tofar. he had a book called. Oh, I'll have to save for the next episode. But it was about <laughs> it was about going from a vegan to a hunter and his whole transition yes, about that. But it, that's and that's beautiful. the first thing that got me. I was like. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm because I'm always open minded. I'm not like just shut things out. But that's what anyways. I do love about us, and and that I look forward to in the future is because of our We're open minded. Our open. I'm like my open mind. My whole my whole theory, like saying I always say is like I'll, I'll hear you out. I'll if you got this is you're very fanatical about this yeah. or passionate. I'm like I'll hear you out, but. So if any of I'm you, not like, I'm not a dismissive right. person. If any of you have some input that you'd like to share with us about your journey or your strong opinion in this or perspective i'd really like to hear it if you want to we'll try to this is the perfect time to plug our we have just find us on what i think we try to get it pretty universal across platforms but on twitter instagram mm -hmm. we have a website don't go to it yet but it's We're uh, very just the fresh the, just there's nothing the, up yeah yet. the burn b <laughs> podcast start following us there on instagram twitter we'll uh and then yeah yes. just start reaching out but so those early followers who already followed us, we see you. We already got like four oh, or five friends I that we already know. So you so we love much, you guys. loved ones. Yes. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. We uh, love you. This has been a wonderful experience, and I look forward to the continuing journey with you and with all of you as well. And I can't wait to um, see the progress and evolution of myself and all of us from sharing and growing together. Here's hey, to your holistic journeys. You think we should end every episode with a singing bowl a little Ooh. bit? And we just transition out? Hmm. Hope this isn't blowing out your headphones. It's a little pitchy, but it's okay. It's all right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Episode one in the books. Yes, and hopefully <laughs> thank you for continuing this journey with us and seeing where it all goes, you all. Uh, much love and um, love from the fringe love from the fringe that's our we should have said the beginning but love you guys <laughs>